0: What is up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, so you know what that means—another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built-in Buffalo Network. I'm Peter DiBiase. You can find me on my Twitter handle at DiBiasePeter Peter. Um, right there tonight we have another great episode. Nate Geary's coming on, and we're gonna be breaking down a little bit of, a little bit of the Bills off a little bit of the draft. Just recapping that. Just kind of put a. Put a finishing touch on that, and then we'll look forward to training camp, some of the position battles, all of that fun stuff. Guys, as you know, Nate Geary, pregame and halftime show host for WGR, obviously, Buffalo Bills Network up in Buffalo, as well as the host of the podcast, Food for Thought. So, with that, let's bring on our guest, Nate. How are we doing tonight, my man? Uh, very good. Thanks for having me, Peter. Of course, man. I appreciate it. So, like I just obviously, I just plugged you a little but if nobody knows where can they where can everyone find you on social media or wherever we want people to find you
1: love this about Streamyard. you know right below i can put in where my ad on twitter is in case you're not following me at naker Sports, uh as you mentioned you did a great job in your introduction i uh am the bills pregame and halftime show host for the radio network and then i am the local postgame show host as well and then you mentioned my food for thought podcast that I do on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network uh, with my co host Bruce Nolan. Very fun podcast. Uh, different. It's not just your average run of the bill football podcast. If you're ever uh, around on a Friday evening at 9 p.m. and want to enjoy a beer,
0: join us sometime. Oh, perfect. So, guys, make sure you guys check, obviously, Nate. I'm assuming most people, you only have like almost 30,000 followers on Twitter. So, I'm assuming most Bills fans that are on Twitter. Either follow you or know um some sort of thing about you. So yeah, what's something.
1: One thing some, or another.
0: Something. Something. Coming in with Jim. Jim's Jim's drinking tonight. I appreciate it, Jim. Um, why not, right? Let's let's have a it's, good time. Uh it's Wednesday.
1: So yeah. Um, I'm drinking my uh my great sponsor, Genesee Brewing Company, uh Pineapple Colch. We'll have to send one of these down. For you, Peter. They don't make it like this down in uh, down in Providence. I promise.
0: No, they don't. And yeah, I'm do, do you guys get you get blue exactly. light? Um, we uh, I get it more. I get it more in Westchester, so where I'm from. So when I'm home, I can get it more. Not in province. I don't think I said it. Maybe I think I saw it once, but just around Westchester, New York. But maybe they do. I I do like occasional blue light, so I don't mind that. But yeah, Jim, appreciate you coming. And hope you guys. Enjoy the show. We're running to about 9, nine, ten at the latest. As always, the comment section is open. Drop a like, drop anything you want, and ask any questions, any statements. We will respond to hopefully all of them, even if they're that crazy. So with that being said, let's talk some Bills because that's what we're here for. So I want to get your thoughts. I think um, off season as a whole, some drafts. So we'll start with this, and then we'll just dive into a little discussion here. What was, in your opinion, the best move the Bills made could be the draft, could be free agency, or just this off season. Before I get into my answer, is yeah. my uh yeah. my is, is
1: my video good? Is my 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 sound good? Because I, I realize that I'm on my crappy Wi-Fi connection. So if I break up, let me know and I can switch it
0: over to mine. No, you you sound wifi. fine. And right I we I was on vacation and I had uh you had to use so, some Wi-Fi, some shared oh Wi-Fi. My God, I had a guest on. I had Brian from Breaking Tables Mondays and Thursdays. So at the Built and Buffalo Network guys, eight PM. So check those guys out. But wow, that was, that was something. I, but I, made, I made it fun. Like I made it like when your Wi-Fi is that bad, I was on vacation and I was like, you know what? I just started, I want to do a show. And I was like, I feel like you have to make it fun at that point. You have to look yeah. at yourself. Right. You I'm, have to, you have to. And I ended it like five minutes early and people had a blast. Like it did very well views wise. People just loved it just because I was clowning myself for an hour. Um, but yeah, no, you're you, you look, uh, you're fine right now. I'll let you know. Okay, good. Anything That's happens. All right. So,
1: all right, let me get into the 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 meat and potatoes of your question. You know, what's the best Bills move this offseason? Um, I mean, there's a couple I think you could probably look at some of the retention they've done this offseason. I really like going out and, and re-signing Stefan Diggs to the new contract and making him one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league. I mean, he clearly has established himself as a, you know, a primary weapon, a reason why, we've seen Josh Allen take the step we've seen him take and um, and where this offense is going. And I think maybe more importantly with as, as Jim in our comment sections mentioning um, that with Brian Dable leaving, it's really important to make as much and create as much continuity as you can um, with the offensive firepower that you got. And I mean, maybe one of the most important pieces to Josh Allen's development as a passer and a pocket passer is Cole Beasley. And he leaves this off season and and you replace him with, I think a younger, uh, maybe a little bit more athletically inclined version of Cole Beasley um, uh, in, in the slot with, uh, with Jamison Crowder. So I, I, that like, that's a good swap. That's a good move. Um, You know, I, I like what they did solidifying the number two tight end room and, and going to get oj howard as well i think that's a good inline blocker freeze up dawson knox to to do a little bit more be used more as a chess piece instead of a standard inline blocking tight end or or inline tight end running his routes from there not that dable didn't split him out and kind of let him do his thing but i think more importantly um not now you can start to create mismatches and, and The other nice move that I really liked from them was in the draft as well, drafting James Cook. But uh, once once again, Jim's spot on in his analysis. It's it's Von Miller. I mean, he's, in in my opinion, the most electrifying edge rusher maybe to ever play the game. Um, He's as clutch as clutch gets. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer um, and the Bills, the team that were able to get him. Uh, But he was a player that actively... You know, sought out, had his representatives seek out the Bills um, and want to play here uh, in Buffalo in Western New York over staying with another future ballot, first ballot Hall of Famer in, in Aaron Donald um, and potentially run back another Super Bowl. But I think there's a real desire for Vaughn to be the first NFL player ever to win three Super Bowls with three separate teams. Yeah. He said as much a few times. And um, this gives him that opportunity here in Buffalo um a play with a team that is you know i think he said it best right he's kind of being the guy that they're bringing in that's the one player that maybe kind of pushes them over exactly, the edge yeah. so I, I think it's von miller i i don't think it's particularly close and i think it's one of the, easily one of the most under talked about um high level free agent moves um this off season. and for whatever reason the bills even though they are a storyline and the super bowl favorite um I I feel like this Von Miller signing was so much bigger news than it was maybe made out to make, uh, made out to be. So um, yeah, it's it's Von Miller. It's not particularly close.
0: Like the one thing, like you just mentioned, maybe twenty seconds ago, Von Miller saying like he like you said he could have stayed with the Rams, could have played alongside Aaron Donald, which obviously most edge rushers wanted because he just takes away right as he opens up so much for you. But he also said like he could have rode off to the sunset and just cruised and finished his career. In LA, which made a lot of money there too. Probably not his contract.
1: And that contract was a lot of posturing. Okay. If people um, need to read six, contract a little more. Six but, years, 120 million dollars was um, you know, the thing that his agent came out and said, and that that's how they wanted the 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 contract, the contract to come out as media um, media But yeah, I mean, and and I think initially that was part of the reason maybe people didn't make as big of a deal about the the impact it would have because they thought the bills had grossly overpaid for a 32 um you know year old edge rusher but i i think for me like you can they, get they, right i mean they they three. they structured it in a way that lured and secured what i think is the the one true missing piece this bills defense had or didn't have last year as a true elite level game changing even at 32 33 however old he is um you know he proved it in the super bowl he had a great a great uh playoff run last year for that for that rams team was a big reason they won the uh the super bowl
0: yeah i think you're right people needed to probably read that contract a little maybe do a little couple google searches on that contract to do a little their own research instead of um Obviously, just reading headlines and all that stuff firing like, off the takes, right? Yeah. Which is what you should do. Probably in a lot of information instead of just like reading random headlines. But that's, <laughs> but when it comes to sports, especially contracts, obviously less important than other stuff, but the contracts, like after three years, you can get out of that contract. Like you can, you're fine and you can get out of it. And look, in three years, you still have the same elite pass rusher. Who knows? But in right, six years. He's not, we gunner. saw, you know, that. we saw Jerry
1: Hughes. We saw Jerry Hughes play very well and was very effective late in,
0: into his career and Von Miller um, is way better than Jerry Hughes.
1: And, and the way that Von Miller, um, you know, prepares his body in the off season and the, the, the work no, and the
0: shape that he puts himself in. It's, I got no concern that Von Miller is not no. at least in the first three years. And then after that, I don't know. And that's, yeah, that's why the bills can get out of it. So that's, that's right. That's a good thing. And, you know, like like you said, Von Miller will be the first NFL player ever to win. Obviously, the Bills do win a Super Bowl. He wants to be the first NFL player ever to win a Super Bowl with three different teams. That's that's something special. Obviously, one in Denver, one this past year with LA, and then here in Buffalo. And he like he probably feels like you know what they need me. Like I'm the missing piece. And like I said, like best move probably Von Miller. Like I think that's if It's a fair estimate. Let us know in the comment section what you guys think. Like James Cook, like you said, I think that was a stellar pick in the second round. I was a huge, huge James Cook guy going into the draft. I think he added something that the bills obviously wanted when they went after JD McKissick and then they went their safety net and Duke Johnson. So they wanted that kind of pass catching running back. But I think James Cook has a ton of potential. And I, I tweeted back in February, a video of James Cook against Michigan in the college playoff. I was like, Mm -hmm. "Day, day two, day three, whenever they want to take him, this guy should be on their board or top of their board. And, the tweet kind of blew up, and I was like, I have like 855. I was like, oh, nice. I felt good to my tweet to blow up. And I was like – and I was like – I went back in February, and when we drafted him, went scrolled all the way down all my tweets. And Got to do it. Receipts, it. baby. Receipts. And I retweeted it, and I was like – I was like, yeah, James Cook. Because, one, like, he was in a running back committee at Georgia. Like, I mm-hmm. think a lot of running backs coming out of college don't get you – know, a lot of them are just work uh, bell cows. Like, I think oh, I – um I
1: think I read I I looked this up when I was on air last week, maybe two weeks ago, that uh, over his four years at Georgia, Mm -hmm. um, uh, James Cook had 231 carries over the course of his career at Georgia. Najee Harris had 251 carries his senior year at the University of Alabama. So uh, just a different level of, of, of tread on on James Cook. He's gonna be a guy that walks really? in here with a with a high ceiling and a very high floor. So I'm yeah. I, I'm I'm a little bit more bullish on James Cook than I think I've I've heard a lot of other people. I, I I've got real real Education. thoughts that
0: James Cook is the the feature back of this offense by the end. Really? Yeah. Really um I don't know if I'm that far but no I like the confidence. I love I mean, my my younger brother's a Georgia fan so I I know a lot about uh, I just James I, Cook, I, I think he brings something that the Bills haven't had in a while. So I think that's perfect. And and I think this is the highest uh, uh, Brandon Bean has ever drafted
1: a running back that's not been named Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Yeah. Um, and you don't, in my mind, I, now there isn't a pressure. There's not a, a need for James Cook to become that this year. I just think that in this offense, the element, the speed element that he brings um, to me has been the missing piece for them as a running offense. And mm-hmm. I like Devin Singletary. I think he's going to start the year as sort of the de facto number one with Cook being the the complement, and we'll see who wins, Duke Johnson or, uh, you know, or Zach Moss. I've got real concerns that Zach Moss is going to be on the roster. But I also wouldn't sleep on Moss overtaking
0: Singletary either. Mm-hmm. It's... I don't know if I'm going that far, but I do. I was on the train when, like Duke Johnson's making the roster, right? Zach Moss is gone. I kind of convinced myself over like a month period of just like on the show and writing articles and just like talking about it that Zach Moss will be on the roster because he has a skill set that all the other other running backs on the Bills don't have. That's right. He's the one. He stands out in that aspect. So if the Bills are like, you know what, we need that type of running back, he'll be on this roster. He'll be on the roster,
1: and you got to remember too, Peter, he he wanted to mention – now, this is funny thing about Brandon Bean, right? Like yeah. sometimes Brandon Bean highlights things to – like on purpose, right? Sometimes he wants to overemphasize things. Two things stood out to me during the draft, and I think this would have been going into or the first – maybe it was the second press conference of day two – so James Cook was their second round pick. And then they had their third round pick. Um, remind, oh Terrell Bernard, right? Yeah, Terrell, so yeah. in the first interview that we did after the James Cook pick, they they go to they go on the stage. They uh, or in this case, that's the next day they go on stage. And maybe this is how the sequence worked. But you know, James Cook has his media conference call immediately after being drafted, and then usually Brandon Bean speaks at the end of day two talks about the prog- the prospects that he drafts right and brandon bean sort of went beyond the normal in terms of describing james cook's potential role as like a almost lining up at receiver he was saying like i this is a guy that's advanced in the pass catching game he's like kind of the the question's going to be can he be an nfl blocker can you trust him on, on second down when he's next to Josh? He's going to pick up a blitz um, and, and hold his own in there. And that's why, you know, you didn't see Matt Breida on the field last year. As much yeah. as I called for him and a lot of other people, that speed element, right? He couldn't be, A, couldn't be trusted um to, to hang on to the football. He put the ball on the ground a bunch, but he, he was a liability as a as a pass blocker next to Josh Allen in the NFL. That is a huge part. It's a huge responsibility for these okay. for these okay. running backs to be able to be on the field and be trusted. So yeah, I, I think for me the 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 big reason that that I sort of see his role. I'm sorry and, and let, let me finish my story about Brandon Bean, right? So he says yeah. this during draft night the next day during day three of the draft, they're in town the, the two rookies, right? So the first and second round, first, second, third round picks are all in town mm-hmm. do, doing their in-person media in Buffalo. Brandon Bean speaks after that as well. And he made a point to say, almost like yesterday I was talking about James Cook and I I I wanted to come back to make sure that I said, I think that he can be an NFL runner in this league and not just a pass catching option. Like he wanted to make sure to go out in front of the cameras, go on in front of the microphones and say like, I talk this guy up a lot as a pass catcher and it made me feel, or it made it seem like maybe I was saying he was going to be a one trick pony. He wasn't being like going to be a guy vibe for touches in the backfield. I, I just think that when he gets the ball in his hands, he's a different kind of electric. He's he, I'm not saying he's going to be a feature back. and He's going to get 20 carries or anything by yeah. the end of the year, but I think he's the guy that's out there on first down to start the game. A lot of times towards the end of the year.
0: Really? Interesting. Interesting. I'm excited to see James cook. Like, Day one, like week one, like what is his role in the beginning of the year? Because it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you could develop into that running back towards the end of the year, but I'm interested to see what he does in week one, because I think that's very important. Uh, appreciate it, Brian. Hit that like, guys. Um, Brian, breaking tables Mondays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. on the Built in Buffalo Network. Jim's bringing in a, a great p- uh, point here when we're talking about best additions. The Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, we can throw Jordan Phillips in there, but the Tim Settle and Daquan Jones additions, I think, could have as much value. Not, this might be stupid to say, but like, I, like obviously, Von Miller has a ton of value, but the Bills' inability to stop the run or just consistent ability, because there's times for times they can stop the run. They weren't like the worst rush defense in the NFL. They were like middle of the pack, but there was just some games like, like the Colts game, like, or Derrick Henry two years ago, like those games that stand mm-hmm. out in your mind. So what are your thoughts on bringing in Tim Settle and Daquan Jones? I'm a big Tim Settle guy. I'm a Virginia Tech football fan. So I'm a huge, obviously, Tim Settle, Settle guy. And I think both of those guys are just big guys. Like they're just like, It's a simple term. They're big guys that will fill space. Yeah, and you're forgetting about Jordan
1: Phillips, too. He's another yes. guy that they go yes. back and get. And, you know, uh, he was a guy that I, I wanted the Bills to resign his first time around. But when the you know contract numbers got to $10 million plus a year, you say – I kind of knew this is what was going to be the case with him, to be quite honest. Then they yeah. go out and JJ Watt, right? and I'm like, man, Jordan Phillips is 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 a year away and a dollar short. So, um, yeah, I I always kind of saw that reunion coming back and him coming off the bench too. And uh, uh, Elianku is another player that that yeah. saw some some increased uh, snaps towards the end of last year at the one technique position when um, you know when Star Lotulele couldn't play. So I I think you're you're spot on in the analysis. I you know, I have my food and football podcast, right? Food for thought. And it was either last week or the week, week prior, we were talking about the bill's defensive line room, right? We call them food similes. We compare the bill's defensive line group to, you know, what, what's it make you feel like what nostalgia around food. And I, I sort of said it, you know, this defensive line group makes me feel like I'm at a diner and I go for pancakes with the omelet because I want savory and I want sweet and the bills went from a team last year that could pin their ears back and get after guys get after quarterbacks uh, their sack rate wasn't incredible but their yeah. pressure rate was the pressure rate was really good it was still they were a top seven top eight pressure defense from last season and obviously they finished the year statistically number one um so a lot of that trickles backwards but to your point right like I think about the Clevelands and the Indianapolis game right where they frankly just got manhandled at the line of scrimmage yeah. but then you've got games like the Baltimore Ravens who maybe don't have the biggest offensive line anymore, but they're a unique running attack. Um, they're a downhill running attack. And I think the Bills can do a little bit of everything now. They wanted, Brandon Bean wanted a little bit of savory and a little bit of sweet. When they want to go um, against the Colts' offensive line, right? Like, you might go, you know, on, on on second down, you might have Jordan Phillips next to Tim Settle or Daquan Jones next to Tim Settle with Rousseau on one end and Shaq Lawson on the other end or A.J. Epinesa on the other end. I mean, that's a big... Sturdy defensive yeah. line, or you're facing the Chiefs, right? You're in a third and long situation, trying to get after Patrick Mahomes. You might go small, and you might put Boogie Basham on one end, you might put uh, Von Miller on the other end, bump down Greg Rousseau to the tackle position, and then bump down Ed Oliver to the one tech. And now you got that NASCAR lineup. So I I think they've got way more versatility along this defensive line to match up, and and I, and it's not just the defensive line either, Peter. Like I I I think the re-signing of um, you know, of Sierra Neal was a big move for this team because, A, he's a special teams ace, but, B, he played an integral role in the playoffs when they started facing teams that had really those elite-level tight ends, the Kelseys, the Andrews of yes. the world, right? So not only can you, you have a guy that can be someone, that X factor, when you know you've got an elite-level tight end on the other team. I keep going back to unique running styles, right, in and, and attacks, and I think about the Ravens, right? They're a hard team to defend because you have to be able to defend the run but you also have to be prepared for them to hit you with play action. The draft pick of Terrell Bernard, he's a guy that I think you can use as a blitzer, you could use on a 4-3 situation. If you have him in the game instead of A.J. Klein. you have far better foot speed, far better coverage ability, but also has the foot speed to keep up with a Lamar Jackson, to keep up with a running attack that is as unique as that. So I, I think for me, the versatility is there from not only the defensive line, but that front seven. Can play in a whole bunch of different ways and mimic a whole bunch of different offenses based on the looks and the and, and the schemes they're going to play week in and week out. It's to me, it's a it's an ingenious way of building your roster. Is they they've sort of created a you know a foolproof. It's like poker. Um, it's like having the the pocket hand. Um, and there's really nothing on the other side that you're going to do pre flop to beat pocket aces. You so know? many
0: options. There's yeah. you, have, you have endless endless options. Like a kid walking to a candy store. There's there's so many, so many selections, and like versatility is the perfect word. Like I right. said, with with the, how they scheme up the defensive line, how they can move people in and out, all that fun stuff. Something that also like having Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, John Phil Phillips come in helps the linebackers. And I think it's more Tremaine Emmons helps Tremaine Emmons because Certainly. there was a lot of times when those running backs were just not getting touched. They were just up the middle, and then Tremaine Emmons is that's a tough ask for a middle linebacker to deal with a full head of steam of a Jonathan Taylor or Derek Henry. um, Those are some that's a tough assignment. But if you get to Jones and Tim settle in there, or guys that can beef it up and stop the run or at least make contact, all that fun stuff, it slows them down. It helps Matt Milano helps Tremaine Evans. I'm a big Tremaine Evans guy. I still see it in Tremaine Evans. I love the guy. Um, I could be a little biased because I'm a Virginia tech guy. It's just how I feel, but I think that will help the linebacking core. I think, I think having, one, the addition of Von Miller, right? Increase that pass rush will help right. the secondary. And then I think having additions on the D tackle will also help Ed Oliver, right? Von mm-hmm. Miller will help Ed Oliver. So will Daquan Jones and Tim Cell help Ed Oliver. Make Ed Oliver's life a lot easier. And I especially expect a huge year. Maybe not like super sack numbers, but just him being like the pressures, the efficient player, Ed Oliver can be. And I think he has been from time to time. That will help. I think all the additions kind of help other position groups.
1: Right. No, hundred percent. It's and the the funny part about this defense, right? Is there they I think upgraded at the number two corner position by drafting, um, you know, Kyer Elam. Mm-hmm. They upgraded 100%. at the edge position by upgrading from Jerry Hughes and to Mar- Von Miller, um, and I think they upgraded significantly at the one technique position. Um, by upgrading from Starletuile or Lotuileli, however you'd like to say it, you know, say it both ways. Um, <laughs> but the wide technique position has versatility too. Um, with, with Jones and Tim Settle now compared to you know Phillips, who I liked Jordan, or uh, not Jordan Phillips. I liked Harrison Phillips a lot, I do um, but did not. He he's more of a pure pass rush down third down defensive one tech not a guy you really want on first and second down sort of being the anchor of your defense he did not require a lot of double teams and i think that changes in a big way this year when you and again jordan phillips for his size is not necessarily the hold it down one tech um that he looks like he is he's more going to be a guy that i think has an impact on third down um because you know you can get him in there he's going to overpower um, those, uh, those, those single teams in the pass rush. So yeah, I, I, I think that they're they're the versatility is there. They just gotten better at every position. I, I do love what you said about the linebackers, because I think that's been a, an area a lot like when an offense struggles, um, you know, a lot of times the, the offensive coordinator, and the play calling goes to blame and it's not always the case. And people have to understand that there are a lot of things that go into, the success of a play. And it's not always the play call. That's the reason that something didn't work. Um, So I think for me, like in a situation where these two linebackers uh, did not have the luxury of, of staying clean um, and getting downhill before NFL, you know, interior offensive linemen are, are able to chip at this, at the single level. It's a huge advantage when offensive lines can, you know, can. Yeah. Oh my God. When you don't have to double team anyone. Um and oh, and they can the play big media. on big and you have that extra offensive lineman
0: that just can chip and get to the especially next level especially that, the most of the world of the world right like, exactly like, where you have those called, mobile like, guards yeah I'm, I'm assuming you were at the game and you saw um you saw the painfulness of Jonathan Taylor just absolutely torch us for whatever the stat line was um Derrick Henry a couple of, like it's just yeah like I think it's gonna make the teams make the defense a little easier than just having to just – I lost my absolute train of thought. But, like, look, stopping the run will give the Bills another advantage on the defense that was arguably, was arguably the best defense in the national football year last year. So they got better, which is something –
1: In a lot that, of positions, not just one. Yes,
0: yeah. and the, Terrell Bernard over A.J. Klein, Klein gives you – maybe, like, obviously not the experience A.J. Klein had because obviously he's been in the league for a while, but it gives you the versatility – uh, Bernard's way faster, way quicker, um, can kind of move around. I think he's a much better addition than A.J. Klein. So I think that was something that the Bills um, hit on, and I'm excited for that. With all the excitement, what was one move, or I was when I was phrasing this question, what was one move that you still don't fully understand or one move that you wish maybe the Bills made in offseason?
1: Um, I think a lot of people, I don't know that I subscribe, but I guess I'll bring up one that I know a lot of people talk about, which is the bills drafting Bernard in the third round out of Baylor, yeah. the linebacker. Um, I think a lot of people were looking at maybe offensive line there, the um, position potentially
0: that's what I was thinking. That's so, maybe the um, one thing. yeah,
1: you know, I but I also see it. I think, I think they took the player that they really liked that they were, that they thought was going to fit in their scheme was going to give them. Some special teams value as well. Um, that's something that you gotta really think about, especially with this team and teams that are close. Um, Aaron, that Super Bowl window, those special yeah. teams players on good football teams are an incredibly important role. The Bills have always siloed money and draft capital. Um, towards guys that play special course special teams roles Tyler Medikevich, right i mean his whole role he doesn't play defense Just really he's special a special team. teamer right so he he dresses every week because of that special teams ability Jake Kumaros, the same way Cyrus Neal has grown uh his role by playing special teams so you know Bernard uh that pickup wasn't and also i think they wanted some youth at the depth position of linebacker i'm still maybe not going to sleep on Tyrell Dotson i still think he's a guy that could um, That could still force his way on as a, and they I like Andre Smith a lot again, because his special teams ability. So if I were to say a, a move that, that was confusing or didn't fully understand, I guess that's the one I would kind of point to. Otherwise I really, I like a lot of the moves they made. And I think there was kind of a logical plan in place. And then the other question
0: was like, maybe it could have been, it was like a two move ball. that maybe like I thought they should have made. made. Or like my biggest thing for me is like, I like the guard position. I think they could add another guard, but I like Queston Barry. I like uh, Saffold. I like bringing back oh. Bates, Van Roten's good depth. There's good depth at that position. I think maybe additional corner. That's the only position that I'm not mad about because there's no really holes on the team, but like maybe they wanted a veteran corner just in case uh, Trey White come, doesn't come back right away, but maybe they bet on Trey White coming back. Because if Trey White comes back week one, week two, whatever, right? week mm-hmm. four week five and it's fully healthy then you probably didn't need another one because you have Elam, and i think dane jackson is very good but i think maybe that veteran corner would have been something that they could have added just to give them insurance a little depth and they still could add it like there's no like they really still could there's still some solid veteran not solid but there's still veteran corners Is joe, i think joe hayden's still on the market i want to say I think Joe Hayden might be still on the market. Joe Hayden, yeah, he might still be on the market. I um yeah, you know, it's not, not always seen. It's not like super, right. super glaring, like we're like, oh my god, week one, we have no corners. Like that's not the case. But if you're playing like greedy, you playing like you want to be a little greedy, then that maybe that's the one thing that I would point at.
1: And they, they spent some draft capital there. I know they like Nick McLeod, yeah. Elijah Griffin. They like those two guys a lot that they drafted last year. Christian Benford, the, the Villanova um you know corner i know that they really kind of liked him coming out they're excited to see him with his pads on i i wouldn't suspect this is that that's i i don't see that as a position that they're going to add late here or or it, i i think they've always sort of gotten by at the cornerback position and i would say this is some of the most assets they've 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 used on the corner position um and i think they're in a better position this year with elam than they were last year with levi with levi so i like a lot um i just think from a um, a true versatile. Again, we're talking about versatility. Now the bills can play more man. They can play more press man, um, because they've got a guy like Elam, where you really couldn't do that with Levi Wallace. And then when Trenavius white went out with the injury, there was really no press man to be had. Um, because you know, you didn't want to put Jane, Dane Jackson and, um, and Wallace on islands because they just, did. especially Wallace didn't have that foot speed to recover, yeah. um, at the corner position. So, um, I don't think that move's coming, but I think for me, if there was one move that I kind of looked to that I thought, and, and I, I don't have a guy in particular, I just think the depth at the outside wide receiver position, the true boundary yeah. receiver, that's um, the only area I'm concerned about. If you lose Gabriel Davis, uh, God forbid, uh, Stefan Diggs misses any time. They don't have a, a true – you know, bore, uh, You know, um, uh, uh, a, a true – boundary receiver yeah. that can step in um like they had last year when they had Emmanuel Sanders um they don't right now have that true boundary they've got a ton of versatility they in do. the slot um you know I, I i like Khalil Shakir i have my doubts about him transitioning to a, yeah. a a guy that can play on the boundary i don't think Jameson Crowder is at, no. at, is at all that guy no. um can Isaiah McKenzie no,
0: be so. that and i, I, don't, I don't think, think so um, i think Isaiah McKenzie has a special role in this team
1: I, I would agree, but I I also maybe wouldn't sleep on his role um, increasing increasing this year and looking like a more traditional player. So um, like I always sort of envisioned a guy like, you know, Julio Jones or something. But the problem is when you're talking about the wide receiver position, you're talking about your 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 role playing outside boundary receiver. The reason it's Jay Kumro is he's one of their best special teams players. Yes. Um, he's a guy that knows the offense, has the trust of Josh Allen, but let's not fool anybody. If Gabriel Davis goes down, they're going to need to go and get somebody. They can't rely on Kumro to be this team's number two receiver. So um, if I could nitpick, that would be the one area, not
0: not addressing the, the the depth at the outside receiver position. When it was going into the draft, I was a big advocate, maybe not in the first round, of the Bills taking a boundary receiver, and I really used that. Specifically, like a boundary receiver, is could that have been in the first round, like a Traylon Burks type of guy? I thought there was a bigger need at corner in the first round, but maybe I do. I don't know if I'm fully on board of Shakir being a, being able to be an outside receiver, but I trust Brandon Bean more than I trust my. I trust Bean and McDermott more than I trust me myself, nice. as <laughs> everyone should. Um, so maybe he could develop into an outside. Maybe not year one. I think he has the potential and i think he's versatile enough they did bring an oj howard in so that is another weapon i don't know if they would line him up on the outside i don't think that would be any in the realm of possibility but that is another weapon james cook's another weapon but i agree the lack of boundary receiver is a little frightening is probably not the word but a little a little scary just because it's just like you said one injury away and i'm knocking on wood and everyone who's listening and watching should be knocking on wood right now or Davis goes down. You know, God forbid they do. Don't they? Don't really have that outside receiver. Just Marquez Stevenson become that guy? That's why I think Marquez Stevenson could potentially be on the spot because he's a he's a he's that long receiver threat that the Bills really don't have like on that roster. Like that, I think Davis can do it, but I think Marquez Stevenson has a different breed of speed than Gabe Davis, and we saw in the preseason against who was against Detroit when he made that play. Jake Fromm threw in the ball, actually. I think Jake was yes, in the ball. It was
1: Jake Fromm, yes. So
0: like, obviously it's preseason and preseason is preseason, but like the lack of boundary receiver might be a little, little concerning. I is it like like you said, is it like a glaring, glaring need where we need to like obviously have a panic and talk about it for three hours? No, but right, it could come up because football has injuries, it could come up. Would there be anybody they would bring in like an Odell? Like I don't think that would be an option. Like I know people are talking about because Odell like hangs out with Von Miller every like two days or whatever. So hey, like Julio Jones is still on the market. Do they want to bring in Julio Jones? But then you're right, that kind of screws up their special teams and all that stuff. Yeah, Julio yeah, Jones you need special teams anytime soon. So right, you need that guy playing special teams, and that's just not Julio Jones. Could you do- or really ever? So, like, let's say the Bills – you think the Bills – what would you think the Bills keep, like six receivers, six, seven? Do you think they max out at seven receivers? Because I see some articles, six, some seven, and I'm like, okay, give me a straight answer. What what are your thoughts on that? And then I want to make my point if if it's six or seven.
1: I think it'll be seven. um, But I think they probably only dress six unless it's a game that you feel like you're going to be in a track meet. Yeah. I am super interested. I think there's a battle for that seventh position too. And I think it's between three guys um, right now. I think it's between Isaiah Hodgins, who's not a boundary receiver. He's a big guy, but he is a true big, but he's unique. Um, There's not another player like him. And and he's been a guy that has made a lot of waves during OTAs and many camps. The pads come on, he gets nicked up, he gets banged up, and then he's gone and, you know, he's on the IR and, never to be heard from until until minicamp again so that's a guy so i think i think tavon austin's in that group as well yeah uh, i think he's got a real shot to make the roster so for I, me I'm,
0: I'm on board with that
1: you know your big four right now Diggs, davis crowder mckenzie i think you're your top four i think five shakir. is khalil shakir yeah you drafted him i think he's here um and then six is jay Kumaro. Okay. And that's where seven gets really interesting. And and you you ask yourself could you
0: sorry to cut you off. Could you keep seven? You move Kumro to like that
1: seventh spot for
0: some reason, like becomes that special teams guy, and then you add a six receiver, but then you would have to dress seven guys at the you would have
1: to dress seven guys, or
0: um, you know, if it's Stevenson or I could you add a free agent, like at that six, be that like Kumro slides into the special teams, right? And then you add that six receiver to be that boundary guy but yeah i still seven. you'd have to dress all seven because you want to dress shakir and mckenzie because i think and crowd you, you do know, I, well
1: uh maybe not shakir maybe not at okay. first maybe he's the guy that do, that
0: sits but but i do think they can there's a lot of different things they can do with him and i think ken dorsey will have fun with that i think that's that's kind of cool with shakir but you're right yeah. not maybe not right away but if you want to and you get a boundary guy like he won't be able to play special teams but can shakir play special teams you think Um, I would be willing to bet that with his, the type of player that he is, that he
1: would have no problem playing special teams, which he's not, he's never been that guy over the course of his career, but rarely in the NFL, you got special teams guys that come in the league. They've all were
0: the best player at their teams, their high schools, their colleges. So, and maybe he'll be able to do that. So with that like kind of discussion, so we'll move on towards the training. Actually, you know what? Let me get some. Well, I forgot about the comment section for a second. Five million in cap enough for at least one more signing. Yeah, it is enough. Um like Nate said, he doesn't expect potentially like the cornerback position, but injuries happen. Training camp injuries happen. So if something someone, God forbid, goes down at a certain key position, then I wouldn't I feel like Bean wants to win a Super Bowl, obviously. Like I think he wouldn't hesitate. Would you agree on that? If someone goes down at a key position, I don't think he would hesitate bringing in a veteran guy for one year at all. No, I agree. I Or ship a trade or something like that. I don't think that's Well,
1: a- I don't know if, if a trade uh, would be on the table necessarily, but I do think um Brandon Bean at this point I sees the sees the, the future up. being the right up. now. Yeah, Yeah. I mean this is last times they have the true core um altogether. Uh admins you were talking about, right? Like he's up for a contract next year. That's gonna be a tough decision. They've got Ed Oliver in two years, he's gonna have his so fifth year option kicking in next court. year. Um, um, you're going to right Dawson Knox, who so I've Game been advocating they signed in a while. Right. Gabriel. So, you and know, there's decisions to Poyer. make, decisions, Jordan right. Jordan Poyer, Right. He's so there's decisions Poyer. to make. Um, so this could really could be the last time they
0: have the, 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 this run with this group that they've, uh, that they've assembled. That's been so good together. And obviously if you, anytime you have Josh Allen, you're going to have a chance. So that will give that's you, that's right that chance obviously the rosters will look different as josh allen's career progresses but you will always have a chance with josh allen i i always see people for some reason i saw on twitter today company like our windows one or two years and i'm like yeah maybe in this team or this current roster but josh allen's not gone in two years so i think that's right, right. as long as josh allen's here as long as the mcdermott's here and being here i trust them to put a competitive team on the field and you always have a chance. I don't think the window's one or two years. If you want to get Jordan Poirier a Super Bowl, it's maybe two years. That's different. Or if you want to get Micah Hyde a Super Bowl, that's two to three years. If you want to get Josh out, like obviously we want to win in a year or two. So I'm just saying like a window's not one or two years away. This is my opinion. But right. Like, I agree with Jim. Stevenson does need to step up. I think it was Matt Perino. I listened to The Shout um, mm-hmm. every week, and I, it's a great podcast. Um, He's talked about how Stevenson has had some – Drop issues and not even drop issues in like 11 on 11. This is just to like even seven on seven, no pads, or just the non just like the warm ups, all that fun stuff. Do you what are your thoughts on Stevenson? Because it is a huge training camp for him to make the roster, a huge training camp for him.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, as we were kind of talking about, like he, he's a unique player, unique skill set, a straight line speed boundary guy. Um, I liked what I saw in spurts. He had a tough start to OTAs and then had a good bounce back um, on the last two days of OTAs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I've got my doubts. I, I think the Tavon Austin move is super interesting to me. Um, there's a little redundancy there with he and, and Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I think that they're similar players. I think you would want to only keep one of those guys. But the interesting thing about you know the expanded – um the expanded practice squad now is it can have veterans. So I would bet if, if Tavon Austin doesn't make the team that he's a primary candidate yeah, to be on their practice
0: the, squad. The veteran practice squad uh signing. I I completely agree. Um, Rodney's coming in. Who do you think starts a running back? I'd like to see Cook start. I think I think obviously it's I think Singletary had a very good year to end very good uh end of the year last year, almost 870 yards in total, but it was more. Towards the end of the year, and they didn't obviously use them enough. I think the running game as a whole. I think Singletary is that starting running back, but I think Singletary and Cook together would be fun to watch. And I don't think there's gonna be. A, I think it's more gonna be as the season progresses, like a one A one B type of committee. So I would say both. I know you said earlier, Nate, that you like Cook by the end of the year. There'd be that starter, and that's I would say it's bold, but it's a little more, more, a little more of an out there take. So I, I mean, if you want a bold take, I think he could. I would not be surprised
1: if James Cook had like some sort of Arian Foster training camp where he just walks in and you're like, "Holy cow, this guy's the number one running back," and just is the guy from from preseason on. Um, like, I, that wouldn't surprise me if that happened. I am I going to predict it? No, uh, but that 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 would not surprise me in the least bit if 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 that ended up being the situation that plays out. I. I, to to Roddy's point, I, I I like Cook in that role towards the end of the year as they roll into the playoffs when they're turning in sort of the best version of themselves. Um, but I I I do think that I, I will say this too. I do think he's going to be given every opportunity um, to get the job in. Not training camp. Training camp's going to be tough to separate yourself. It's the preseason games yeah. um, that he's going to have an opportunity as a pass catcher immediately. Uh, but if he could show that he's got a, a dynamic um, ability on the ground, but again, the most important thing that he could do is walk in and know the protections, know wow. his responsibilities, because that's the easiest way to find himself more snaps is to not be a liability in the past game right. where he's asked to
0: pick up blitzes. If he struggles with pass protections, all that stuff, then it'll be harder to get him. It'll yeah. be harder to put him <laughs> on the End field. End of the day, you want to protect Josh Allen, but the, our best asset on the whole team is Josh Allen's arm. That's right. So you want That's to right. keep that going. But I think James Cook, and I like the question, Ronnie. I appreciate you coming in, dropping the question. Um, I like James Cook and Singletary, in like a nice duo, because I think Singletary could be more of that ground and pound to an extent, and then you have, obviously, Cook as more of that pass specialist, and then eventually developing him into more of a runner. I think maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year, but right away, I think James Cook, like you said, if he's not a liability, just can't be a liability, my man, in the pass protection, he will be able to get on the field because he gives something on the offense, like I said with Zach Moss, that the rest of the team does not. Appreciate you coming in here, Dave. Dave, founder of Built in Buffalo, gives me this great platform. So I appreciate it, Dave. Smash that like, as always, guys. So, with that being said, Nate, we have like 15, 20 minutes left. So, what are you looking forward to most in training camp? Could it be a battle? Could it be competition? Being back at uh, St. John Fisher? Could be that. Just what what are you looking forward to most being, well, forward most in training camp? well for the sake of not saying the same things over again
1: i i've i am really looking forward to wa- to watching james cook uh what his role is early and how his speed looks in this offense um but von miller i mean and it it, it it really won't even be watching him on the field I, well part of it will be i'm excited to see him really mentor and grab on and and really try to teach the young guys there are so many young impressionable all of which Went to the Von Miller Pass Rush Academy, which was great to see. And getting to be around their peers and Rousseau and Basham and Epinesa, uh, all guys that they need to take steps uh, this year if they're going to get to where they want to be. And, you know, I seeing the number 40 Bills jersey, seeing him um in training camp going to be really really cool i'm really already, looking forward to that I
0: already, I already got his jersey in my closet i already got the i i am not gone. a jersey guy really? uh, i do not buy jerseys no are you a, are you one of those people no, i'm not going to criticize you guys you're a guest on my show and i appreciate it i'm a jersey guy i like to wear the shirt jerseys but are you no, one sorry. of those people like i see on online all the time people are like obviously we're getting off topic but that's the point it's fun um are you one of those people that, like, criticizes, like, I'm 21, so I'm not a grown man, but I am adult. I'm past you're a grown age. man. So you're I'm 21. Man. I'm in college. But are you one of those people that, like, people should not be wearing jerseys past, like, a certain age? I feel like nah. – I, I don't feel like – people like, I oh, like – If you're an adult and you have a kids or whatever and you're like, you shouldn't be wearing Josh Allen jersey. I'm like, why not, dude? It's a football player. Like, why not? You're, su- you're supporting – I don't subscribe.
1: Group. I don't subscribe to that. I, I, I usually – I try to is- –
0: you don't have to be jersey, as, man, as
1: much but. as I can, I try to allow people to like what they want to like, and wear what they want to wear, and do what they want to do. If it doesn't infringe on my happiness, then no. then do you. If you wear a Yankees jersey up to my house, that's a different question or it's a different oh, answer. But ooh. not a Yankees fan, so not a Yankees fan. Who? It's in fact, I go as far as to say that I hate the Yankees more than just about anything in the world. Who's your?
0: Uh, this is who's your MLB team. My MLB team are the Kansas City Royals. Really? So why do you? I'm a. But I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I'm a- you know what you didn't have
1: any Yankee memorabilia or paraphernalia behind you. Uh, you you had Yankee fan vibes, Pete, in a good way. Like I don't I don't dislike Yankee fans. I hate the Yankees. I think Yankees fans are are way better um, when they turn into Duke fans
0: uh, during college basketball season. Um, I'm a- <laughs> I was I'm like I'm like 45 minutes an hour outside of the stadium so i was there what to say i was there monday i was there friday i've been to four games already i love the yankees i've been to yankee Stadium, the new yankee stadium once is
1: very cool um yeah i am a kansas city royals fan because my dad was um my dad took me to george brett's hall of fame kansas city royal uh to his hall of fame induction so i was there when i was a kid um i was at the 2015 alcs in toronto um when the Royals won and then went to the World Series and then ultimately won. Um, mm-hmm. so I have uh, a First very question. close connection First with
0: question. Kansas City Royals. First, I got nothing against the Royals. At least you didn't say you're a Red Sox fan.
1: Yeah, I don't hate the Red Sox. Um you're, you're I, for I root for them when it's Red Sox Yankees. Yeah,
0: nah, for sure. I might to kick you in after. Um not a not a Red Sox, not a Patriots, obviously Patriots, but yeah, Red Sox. Not a fan of the Boston Red Sox. So Yankees right. and Bills are like my two two main professional sports teams so they go that seems to be the vibe
1: for most bills fans like really because we're in buffalo we don't have a baseball major league baseball team here so i think people sort of gravitate to um to the yankees which is you know cool my girlfriend and her dad are yankees yankees fans but uh i don't partake in any of the um you know oh my rings in 27 right is that how many championships you guys have 27 17 27. I don't. I'm not
0: that. One. I'm. I'm not one of those people. Go argue with 27. I'm not. I'll I'll bring in like legit like stuff, and I like like all that stuff. But I'm not going to do 27. I'm. I was born in 2001. I was thank you. I was eight when they won in 2009. Look, 27. That's great. If you're important, if you're 85 and you come with 27, good for you because you saw. You saw a bunch of them. You saw more than 10. So yeah. you come with that. Argument, you get to you
1: get to drop them. You go yeah.
0: right. Maybe when I'm 85, hopefully I have that argument. But right now, I was one and I was eight, and I remember it. But I was eight. You gotta. So like, yeah, like you said, you're 85. You come with that argument, you win that argument because nobody's gonna have anyone near your. That's right. Argument. But if you're like, if you lived during the 90s, you still have like five. So like, that's awesome. Like that's more than most teams. But 27, I, I don't start with that. I don't start with that. But
1: well, thank God.
0: Yankees are the best team in baseball right now, but that's that you you, you you passed pass the, the test, Peter. You passed hey, the test. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate it is hopping in there. Saw you down there is is Monday, not not Monday, Sunday's um red zone reports of built in Buffalo networks. So you want to guys want to check that out? Uh, Jim's coming in chemistry with the teammates talking about training camp. That is obviously that's something, obviously, a couple of new players, but this good thing about this team is there are a lot of the players that have been here for the last couple of years. So that is something that other teams don't always have. There's chemistry. There's not a lot of new additions that are Mm – there's a a good amount of new additions, but a lot of them have been here. Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson have been here. Obviously, Von Miller, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones are new, but there's not a lot of other players, maybe Kai Lam or James Cook, that are going to play significant roles on this team that haven't been here, which is a great thing if you're the Bills. Um Yeah. I want to see what Von Miller and imp- spins coming in. I want to see when Von Miller impact on Groot, Empidenza, Basham, and Alvaro. will have like Nate. You mentioned that earlier. Um, I think you mentioned just to hold the Bills defensive line will have an impact on every single other person on the defensive line because they're that uh they're that versatile. <laughs> Rodney, Detroit Tigers fans. That's something. That's too bad. That's uh, too bad, good, Rodney. They were good with uh, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez. I remember those guys, Justin Verlander, Max Schrezer. yeah what did they go to? Two? Did they go to two World Series? Or did they? Just they to I one? think they two. Did they win one? No, they did not. Yeah, no. The they lost it. to the Giants. Did they win one? Uh, with no, I'm, annoyed. I'm annoyed now. I'm annoyed. Google, where's Google? What I <sighs> know? Ronnie's probably listening. He's probably gonna come in. He's gonna come in in a second. But I'm now. annoyed with myself. Oh, uh, where's the Tigers? No. Them? Did the not win one? Oh, man. I, Google, I type in Tigers. I go to Wikipedia, and it comes up with an actual Tiger. So that's just not what I wanted to Google there. Um, they did. They it's funny. The
1: they did they lost in the World Series. I think they lost the in back-to-back Giants? World Series. The Giants? They they had a nice run between 2011 and 2014. They, they lost never. in the AL Champ. They lost in the World Series in 2012. Ooh. And lost in the yeah. AL Championship the next I remember year. remember so they
0: went. The year was when Jeter broke his ankle in the ALCS. That was against Detroit, and we lost that series. I was like eleven or twelve, but I remember that. Yes, they they got swept by
1: the Giants. The Giants giant
0: were wagon for like, those six years. They yes, that, they, they were three World Series. That's they were an absolute wagon. Yeah, they
1: they ruined my 2014 World Series hopes with the Royals. <laughs> the Royals went back to back. Obviously, they didn't win back to back. They went back to back. Yeah, which I would have never told you in a million years. The Royals were going back after that 2014. I thought that was a yeah. uh, it was lightning in a bottle. And it was a one year run, uh, but hey, that got, that they brought that team back.
0: You got Bobby Wood Jr. now, so that's all. That's 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 that's, that's, that's the hope. But they they that's, need pitcher. That's pitching. all I got for you. Um, Jim's coming. He's a B- Alabama fan. Oh jeez. Alabama Braves and Bills. I can get on the Bills. I do not hate the Braves. I'm nothing. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm nothing against the. Obviously, if you lived in the night, we were alive in the nineties. You probably have a little more hatred towards the Braves. Just World Series matchups. But like I said, I was born in 2001. Um, congrats to the Braves and congrats on not re-signing Freddie Freeman and that drama that broke today and yesterday. That um absurd drama with the Freddie Freeman stuff. Um, Indeed, I can't even imagine. And then Alabama. Yeah, I'm not going to get on board with Alabama. Nate, who's your are you a college football fan? I am. I'm a Notre, Dame. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Did you go to Notre Dame? I did
1: not. No, uh,
0: I grew up. Uh, my
1: grandfather's a big Notre Dame
0: fan, okay. Okay.
1: and I grew up watching them every
0: Saturday. Ah, is that your is that your college basketball team too? No, Syracuse. 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 Interesting. Interesting. So I'm a Providence basketball fan for college. Obviously, that's. That's where I go to school. If anybody didn't know, Providence College, and then Virginia Tech football is my football. My mom went to Virginia Tech, so I was actually a Virginia Tech football fan before I was a Bills fan.
1: It's, so, it's in your blood, technically. Yes,
0: yes, yes, technically. So I've been a Virginia Tech fan since I, since I can remember. Ronnie, you're right. Yeah, the your teams haven't done the tiger or the tigers haven't done squat since McGill Cabrera, and you still pay Miguel Cabrera. So that's fun. Um, what's up Jared how appreciate you coming in my man hopefully having a good night and Jim let's go buffalo so let's get back on the actual bills train we'll wrap it up with um, one position group battle that intrigues you the most one position group battle um there's not many of them is, uh so it, it's like more weight roster spots if you think about it if you like break it down a little it's gotta be gotta be punter right yeah,
1: it's got to yeah, be, sure. gotta be. Yeah. uh looking was, for was, listen was, punt god come on like i am I'm, I'm looking forward to that punt battle at st john fisher i'm
0: just afraid he's not going to hold the ball that's what i also think the bills are not putting you probably know more than i would but not producing like not like 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 in the minicamp they weren't having like videos of him holding obviously people just Ready for that on Twitter. Um, I think they're doing it behind closed doors, or like I don't think oh,
1: without a doubt. I mean, I that's, think that's, that's probably the thing he's doing more than anything. He's that's probably doing that more. Than you know,
0: well, because you know if he misses a snap, right, by accident, like his first snap oh Twitter. I'm gonna go to Twitter. Yeah, he'd be a tyrant of just people just losing their absolute mind. And I don't think the Bills want that. <laughs> so it's kind of behind closed doors. I I don't think Matt Hawk makes the roster. Do they would they really have a guy just holding the ball on a, as a roster spot? That can't be a roster spot, right? That's a weird no. Roster. You're
1: not, you're not, you're not keeping him oh, unless you're sure. Doug
0: Marone and you're, uh, yeah, you know,
1: you're, you're <laughs>
0: no. I, I are can't you, see are, them. Are you cutting Mataraza? I don't think you are. This, they took him in the sixth round. I know it's a sixth round, but he's a punter. Yeah, I don't. I don't know think no you're, I don't know you're snapping. I don't think you're cutting him. I agree. No. Hunter could be something. If Trey White was healthy, maybe the second cornerback battle. But I still think it would be Kairi Ulam. Maybe the the backup, like the the corners after obviously White, but after after Ulam and Dane Jackson, like the Christian benefits of the world, Nick sure. Cloud, Elijah. That Griffin final cornerback out. spot. Yeah, that it's young. It's, cornerback not, it's not, spot. not like a headline where like, oh, we got to talk about it for two hours. But I think that would be. Something that intrigues a lot of people. Maybe the oh, you know what I would say—the running back battle. Hmm. I would probably say the running back battle if I had to choose one. Maybe I think Singletary and Cooker. How that
1: how that plays out? Yeah, that that, will be an interesting one.
0: And then probably the depth at the receiver position. Yep. Probably depth at receiver position.
1: Yeah, like that seventh receiver spot. That's that's really it. I mean, there are no real starting roles at stake here. You know yeah yeah at least not not right now
0: no no so we'll wrap it up with the comment section so brian's coming to which team were you a fan of first bills or vt i was a virginia tech football fan before i was a bills fan i can say that with honest things i was born a, my dad's not a bills fan so or neither my parents are so i was a virginia tech fan before i was a buffalo bills fan yeah i've been a Bills fan since my whole life but yeah i would say virginia tech uh before Ronnie's coming in, wide receiver. Yeah, that's that's an interesting option, what they do after probably the fifth receiver, which would be, in my opinion, I think Nate agreed, Shakir. Is mm-hmm. it Marcus Stevenson, Jay, Jay Kumaro, Isaiah Hodgins, who we've talked about for years, it feels like. I'm kind of getting tired of talking about Isaiah Hodgins. Um, even Tavon Austin, so stuff like that. Jared's coming in, or Barkley or Keenan would hold. You, any chance you see that, Nate? Anything you think that could be a possibility? No, not uh, – no.
1: No, I, I, I think it'll be uh especially with with the way it's so hard to dedicate a quarterback over to hold during practice um in the NFL. Keenum, yeah. they they're they'll carry all three quarterbacks for sure, but you're they not gonna dress Barkley, no, right? You're not gonna no, dress Barkley unless there's an injury. So yeah, I, I, I
0: would be high I would highly doubt it. I highly doubt Brian's coming in. What's the over under how many games we don't use a punter? He said two and a half, and then maybe five and a half. What's the over? What's your over/under? I I would take the I would if we set it at two and a half I would take the over that we don't use a punter once. Yeah, how many times did it happen last year? I I had there was a, like a mean? three and a half
1: game stretch where it where it
0: didn't really? happen. Yeah, New England game. There was another one that I remember. Mm. So yeah, two and a half. Is he coming in right tackle could be an interesting option? He likes Questenberry. I think Questenberry could be that backup right tackle. But I think the Bills also brought Brian's coming in with three games. So you were right, Nate. Three game stretch right there. So yeah, I, I would like say that over, that, three games over, over two and a half. Um, I think Questenberry could be that guard tackle kind of combo they like. And we saw with Ryan Bates how much they like that. Yep. So right tackle, Spencer Brown. I know we're I'm a big Spencer Brown guy. I got a sign, whatever, a sign poster behind me with him chugging the Bud Light. So I got that behind me, I framed and I, that's an awesome poster. Um but Spencer Brown did have his up and downs his rookie year. It wasn't like what you oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. Which makes sense. He's a third-round rookie from uh Northern Illinois. So, um I get the up and downs, but I do think he's our starting right tackle, but they brought in Barry cuz I think he has a lot of depth in multiple positions like Ryan Bates. So I think that is. But, certainly- and the, the versatility in the
1: interior is great too, which has been one of their bigger. And now listen. I mean, I, I do think I, I, people were talking about. Um, uh, to, who's why, why am I uh, blanking on uh, Roger Saffold, Roger Saffold yeah. when they signed Saffold. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, well, he's a little bit older. He's probably past his prime, uh, but he was a pro bowler last year. It played through some injuries he will be better and a more natural fit at guard than Daryl Williams was. Daryl Williams wasn't bad. Uh, that's just – he just wasn't a guard. Uh, that just was not his position of strength.
0: Uh, so I think they're in a way better spot there, to be honest. Yes. Zach Moss, Zach Moss Duke Johnson, or Tywan Jones for the final running back spot? Yeah, that's a super option. I don't think Taiwan Jones is in that category because he's – like Nate said earlier, special teams is very important. Obviously, he's in the special teams realm, so I think he's kind of in his own little category know my mic but i know he's in a, the special teams type of category there right um so yeah is he's right brown is injured but that's just an, nate what is that just an off-season surgery spencer brown's injury right now yeah i i he'll, he'll be ready for training camp at least okay. that's everything that i've heard so as long okay. as he's ready for training camp he's
1: he's gonna be in there he will be good to go and he's he's got nothing to worry about, I would think.
0: Perfect, perfect. Brian loves making stuff up. Yeah, guys. Brian's information. I don't know if we want to. Not everything's verified, Brian. Monday Thursdays breaking tables, guys. So you guys don't want to, um, you don't want to miss that. Uh, Duke is going to get cut due to the investment we have in Moss. I I think Duke gets cut. I do too. I don't I do. think Duke makes the team. I, that would be. I think that's a long shot at best. And I was so set on Duke like two months ago making the team. Maybe a little before we drafted James Cook. So yep. was, ooh, Duke Johnson making the team, but there's no point of having Duke Johnson with James Cook. Can not, you, not at the moment. Can you stash Duke on the practice squad? Uh,
1: I think there's two spots. It's the two veteran spots available. I think you, yeah. I think
0: you can do that. Yep. I, I, at least I think so. I'm well, will Matt Barkley be the guy in the practice squad as a veteran spot, right? He'll be one of the guys. No. Really? Uh,
1: yeah, it might. They, yeah, and I don't yeah, think yeah. they would keep three quarterbacks on the roster.
0: No, they, that, um, I believe that Barkley's going to be inactive and just be that side. Yeah, like, yeah, I and and they, but they don't, they don't really have another young back. back. But I think I think they could always can, stash like, one. I agree. Yeah, they could stash one. But he's not a veteran, so he won't obviously take up, and he's not going to go anywhere. Right. Right. And yeah, as he's right, Duke is a practice squad guy. I, yeah, I think he's I, perfect. And Questenberry was an eighty. Point six overall in PFF grade, 89 and run block and in pass blocking. The run blocking's intriguing. The pass blocking yep. obviously is it's, yeah, he's a liability. But yeah. run blocking, so running down, she could be that extra on line and all that fun stuff. So run blocking could be could be the option there for Questenberry. But yeah, that will wrap up the show. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz. Nate, once again, man, I, it was a blast. I appreciate you coming on, my man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, dude. Anytime. So where can any where, like we said earlier but if they missed it, where can everyone find you? social media, your podcasts, your shows, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you can follow me at Nai Sports
1: on Twitter um, and then yes yeah, Friday nights is my podcast uh, 9 pm sharp on Buffalo rumblings podcast network. you can watch us on Twitch. Uh, you can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, wherever you uh, wherever you watch your streaming um services we use streamyard just like this um and then uh Saturday afternoons 11am to 2pm Sports Talk Saturday on WGR is my uh my regular show and then uh once bill season starts I'm I'm right back in the saddle for pre half and post game looking forward to it so thanks for having me my friend
0: Of course man anytime guys make sure you guys follow him on Twitter like you said Nate Gary Sports Streamyard's awesome cuz you can just pop it right down there so is like zoom and all that stuff but I like streamyard uh As always, guys, I'm Peter DiBiase. You can follow me on Twitter at DiBiase Peter. I will follow you back, and no doubt about that. Buffalo Blitz every Wednesday, 8 p.m., all throughout the offseason, right into training camp and then right into the start of preseason and then the start of regular season. I write for BuiltInBuffaloNews.com as well, guys, so check us out at BuiltInBuffaloNews.com, probably four or five articles a week, so I also do that, so we have some great writers there. And check out all our podcasts, this, guys. If you don't like your morning shows, you don't like all that fu- stuff. Uh, Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, all that stuff. But Buffalo Blitz becomes a podcast Friday morning. So if you miss a show, you can always rewatch it on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. But if you want to listen audio, just audio form wherever you get your podcast. Built in Buffalo Network Podcast Network Friday morning. This would come out. So if you guys missed it, check that out on your way to work, on your way home from work, or wherever whatever you're doing. As always. Once again, Nate, I appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely have you on in the future. It was a blast. And Buffalo Blitz, guys, will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. I'm Peter DiBiase. Hopefully, everyone has a good rest of your week. Breaking tables tomorrow night. Brian and Tampanio, Epic B and Tampanio, will carry you guys on tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Built in Buffalo, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Once again, I'm Peter DiBiase. I will see everyone next week.